Welcome to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. I help the everyday woman grow her mindset and spirituality in her daily life in order to break comparison to the Instagram perfect lifestyle. Join me as we navigate the stress and anxiety of our daily routines and reclaim our power to cultivate our most authentic life. Let's start romanticizing the mundane together. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. Happy Mindful Monday, everyone. I hope you're enjoying your day, whether it's the morning, it's the afternoon, or the evening that you are tuning in to this episode. And I hope your guys' summer is going well. I have to say, do a little check-in that I'm not going to lie to you guys. The summer's been pretty great, and it's been a really nice transitional period between you know, resigning from my old job and moving upstate and then going into my new job. I'm really grateful to have this summertime of just resting and healing and planning for the next step in my life. And I'm just taking full advantage of that. So I highly recommend that if you ever have any free time in between major transitions and shifts in your life, whether it's even just a week or the weekend or what have you, like take advantage of it. Take the time to really be grateful for the time that you're given of that availability to be free and to rest and digest and relax and just really be grateful at the position that you're at, whatever that position in life, phase in life may be. So thank you guys oh my god so much (laughs) for tuning in for listening if you haven't already uh join the broadcast channel instagram make sure that you do that again every day i post just helpful you know journal prompts new information that i learn i share my posts that hopefully can help you guys as well and every month we do a book club so Actually, that's what today's episode is going to be about is I'm going to be sharing my major takeaways from The Joy of Well-Being, A Practical Guide to a Happy, Healthy, and Long Life by Colleen and Jason Wachab. They're the co-founders of the company Mind Body Green. And this was July's book club from the broadcast channel. And I finished it a little bit ago. And it was just such a nice wellness book to read. And it was very sustainable, intentional habits that you can do in your everyday life that I've already been incorporating. And I want to share my major takeaways with you. And it was a very simple read. A lot of the times when, because I've read plenty of self-development books at this point, um, some are some are hit or miss. Some really, you know, capture you and it's habits that you can totally take with you like right after reading. And then there's some that are just like really intense <laughs> and can be a lot to take in at times. So this book is a very well organized, quick read of how to really implement simple yet effective habits in your everyday life to really improve your overall well-being or your wellness. So that's what today's episode is going to be about. Super excited to share with you guys. And again, 
Thank you so, so much for listening, tuning in, leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts, um, following me and rating me on Spotify. It really means a lot. And thank you so much also for interacting in the broadcast channel and just, you know, sharing things on your stories and sharing your takeaways of episodes that have been really helpful and useful for you. And I'm very excited that more guests are going to be coming on the pod. I'm also going to be sharing some episodes where I'm the actual person being interviewed a couple of times in the next upcoming episodes. But we have great guests coming on, some have that are new, some that are returning to the podcast. And I'm just excited for the content that's going to be coming out. And I am excited for future projects that I'm going to be creating and sharing with you guys. So Thank you so much for the love and the support. I am so immensely grateful for you guys. So let's just jump into today's episode, shall we? Hey, Growth Mindset Gang. Have you ever been super overwhelmed, anxious, or stressed in your life due to maybe your job, your relationships, your friendships, your family, and you have all this inner turmoil and it can seem like there is no way out. I felt that way. I remember when I was on the train to work one day and I had this super influx of anxiety and I didn't even know where it was coming from. And I would talk to my friends and family and significant others about it, but I needed something more. I needed to talk to a professional. And so I started going to therapy because I realized I shouldn't live like this and neither should you. So today's sponsor is brought to you by BetterHelp, which is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you the access to the help that may not be available in your area. You just need to fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. That is two days, you guys. Then you schedule a secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. I actually used BetterHelp when I started my therapy journey. It was one of the first options I looked at because I felt like I was so busy all the time. When would I have time to go to find a therapist and then go to therapy? And I remember I took a very simple questionnaire and they matched me with a therapist. She was super helpful and useful. And I was able to text her whenever I was feeling anxious. And I was like, this is amazing. Right? And I know therapy can be a little intimidating at first and it kind of feels like dating and you kind of go through the different aspects and motions of it. But with BetterHelp, if you're not feeling the therapist that they gave you, they will switch it up and find someone better for you. So it takes the stress from you with finding a therapist that works. And you can request a new therapist at no additional charge at any time. So join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And let me tell you, from my own experience with therapy, it is so amazing to talk to a professional about your anxiety and have them kind of go through specific scenarios and conversations with you so you don't feel alone. And they give you helpful tools in order to take on and combat 
your overwhelm, your anxiety, and your stress. Because you guys know, we shouldn't be living like this and we shouldn't be living stuck in our own heads and we should enjoy life. And talking to a professional can definitely help with us to switch our perspective and grow our mindset. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash the growth mindset gal. That's better H-E-L-P.com slash the growth mindset gal. That link is going to be in my show notes. And if you're interested in therapy, this would be a beautiful, wonderful first step to see if this can work for you. And I hope you guys enjoy these services that it provides. And I hope that it helps you in your mindset journey. All right, so let's jump into it here. So this book, I love the way it was planned out that each chapter was a sustainable new habit that you can learn and improve your wellness. And in the book, I love that they say that, you know, it's really important that you try your best to be like 80% wellness in your life, right? Meaning that it could be hard some days to be 100% in your ultimate well-being, right? So this book really encompasses that it's okay that if you're at 80%, that's all we're asking for. And then at the end of each chapter, they're like, here's the extra 20% if you want to go above and beyond and get to that 100% wellness in your daily life or, you know, in your month or your year, what have you. And so, like I said, it's really great habits that you can implement into your life starting, you know, right after you listen to this episode. So part one or the first thing that they really talk about is breathing where I think that's so important to really increase your overall well-being is your breath, okay? And especially for us that deal with anxiety on a daily basis, I never realized how important breathing is. And it's everything, right? Because we even know when we get into that anxiety spiral, our heart starts to beat really fast and we have shallow breaths, right? And what every grounding exercise calls for is deep breaths. Breathe in, one, two, hold it, breathe out, three, four. You know, hold it for a beat, one, and then exhale for three, four, right? That's the most simplest breathing technique, but it's so important. And I will go over a little bit of the um, different breathing techniques that they also um, put in the book. But breathing through your nose was one of the biggest things that I've learned in this chapter to really increase your oxygen intake and your breathing practices is breathing through your nose. It is so important to breathe through your nose. Okay. Being mouth breathers is actually not very good for your overall well-being. It's less oxygen intake and also it builds up bacteria in your mouth and things like that. Um, And so I even see a lot of people on Instagram, they started doing, which is actually recommended in the book, is to actually, you know, with like soft tape over your mouth, right? And very light over your mouth. And it's a small like vertical piece. So you're not covering your whole mouth. There's a small vertical piece. Um, like in the center of your mouth. And what people have been doing is putting that small piece of tape over their mouth, vertical, and sleeping with their mouths closed. 
which is so important. If you want to get a good night's sleep, a good night's rest, which is like the next well-being habit, is sleeping with your mouth closed and also it's breathing through your nose. It will help you with your sleep immensely. Also breathing through your nose when you're working out. I've been doing this immediately after I started reading this book is actually, you know, so many people tell you, oh, breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth when you're working out. So that's not a bad thing in the slightest, but if you really want to up your game and really increase your oxygen intake is keeping the mouth closed and breathing in and out through your nose to the best of your abilities. Now it does take a little bit of, you know, you just don't go to the gym tomorrow and you're like, I can do this. It took me a couple of tries to really be like, okay, <laughs> how does this work? So it helps you actually be more sustainable through your workout because of the more oxygen intake. It's better for your muscle recovery and things like that. And it's actually very interesting that I read in the book in this chapter that mouth breathing has also affected like how our human bodies are adapting and things like that. And so it's really crucial to try your best to start breathing through your nose as best as you can. It's really going to increase your overall well-being, your breathing habits and things like that. So I wanted to actually flip to the page where they talk about different breathing techniques as well. So one of the breathing techniques to help you in your everyday life is, it's called the 444 breath. So directly from the book, this technique is known as box breathing and it's often associated with the Navy SEALs. It's a performance and energy booster that will sharpen your focus and reduce stress. It's a good one to use if you find yourself in an afternoon slump or before an important call or meeting. Empty your lungs of air at the bottom of your breath, hold for a count of four, then inhale for four seconds, hold your breath at the top for four seconds, and finally exhale out of your nose for four seconds. Repeat this sequence for five minutes to feel the maximum effects. Another type of breathing is coherent breathing, sometimes called the five-five breath. This technique really helps us slow down your rate of breathing. It will help you find your sense of calm throughout the day. Breathe normally for a few minutes, and then for one minute, breathe for four seconds and breathe out for four seconds. Repeat by inhaling for five seconds and exhaling for five seconds for another minute. You can keep repeating and expanding by moving on to six seconds and then seven seconds all the way to 10 seconds as your CO tolerance grows. CO2, carbon dioxide. <laughs> and then the last one is the easiest breath. Inhale for a count of two and exhale for a count of four. Do this as many times as you need to. So the four, four, four breath, the coherent breathing, which is the five, five, and then the easiest breath, which we normally do is, you know, inhale, one, two, exhale, one, two, three, four. And these little breathing techniques can really help you ground yourself because there are times in the day where it gets really overwhelming whether you're running late for work you're stuck in traffic you are about to do an important presentation or a meeting or a call you're going on an interview it's calming your breath helps you ground yourself 
And once you ground yourself and you calm yourself, your brain is able to be like, okay, this is what I need to do with whatever step that it is, whether it's the presentation, whether it's the interview, whether it's maybe even the first date, right? Calming yourself. Your breath is everything. And working on breathing through your nose specifically is going to really help you in your breathing practice. And also trying the segment where you put a little piece of narrow tape vertically on the middle of your mouth and you sleep with it. It could be scary. I haven't tried that yet because I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little uneasy about it. that. Might be another extra step, but that was really something interesting um, of a habit that I learned from the book. And it was crazy because I actually read it and I was like, wow, I started seeing people do this like on Instagram. And I was like, oh, you know who I I saw it actually? Now I'm thinking about it. Leah Party. She was a guest on the podcast before. And I was actually scrolling through Instagram and I saw her start doing this. And I was like, wait, what? And then I read this chapter. I was like, oh, that's why she's doing this. So if you want more information about the taping your mouth closed with that little strip of tape vertically across your lips, go to um, Leah Party's profile and it's like Healing and Breathwork Academy. And she has like a bunch of info about it, which like I highly recommend because it was really cool. And one last breathing technique I want to share with you guys is the 478 breath, otherwise known as the relaxing breath. This exercise is borrowed from Andrew Whale, MD. It's a good one to pull out when you're feeling extra keyed up. It will help you slow your heart rate, soothe your nervous system, and create some space between the inhale and the exhale. Here's how you do it. Empty your lungs of air, inhale for four seconds, hold your breath for seven seconds, and then exhale out of your mouth for eight seconds. Repeat the sequence four times. So again, there's a bunch of different breathing techniques that can really help you, right, in your everyday life, which I highly recommend. And I want to share this little tidbit with you guys of, okay, how do I implement nasal breathing, it's called, into our lives? So this is directly from the book. They said, when we moved Mind Body Green out of our apartment and into the Real Deal office, we were really invested in making the space work for health and well-being for our employees. Very earnestly and very on brand, we built a meditation room out of a space that once held a copy machine. We redecorated with a beautiful handwoven rug, comfy cushions, and a giant Himalayan salt lamp with the help of our Feng Shui consultant. Despite our best efforts, that space probably got infinitely more action in its former life as a copy room. Our employees simply found it too difficult to step away from working long enough to meditate. In hindsight, we can't help but laugh at our our well-meaning younger selves. When we started, there was a lot we didn't understand about habits and change work in reality. We were long on ambition and short on practicality which is where most people go wrong in trying to create a healthy change. Now we know small changes wisely woven into your day get you where you want to be faster, big, showy, inconvenient change with a capital C. Breathing through your nose is the easiest change you can make to start feeling better now. Even more important, it's vital to settling yourself up for success in the chapters to come and helping you get to the 80% of your maximum well-being. But when it comes to improving your breathing patterns, you don't need a 29-minute breathwork session or a meditation room. 
In fact, you shouldn't think about your breathwork practice as something that you have to add in at all. It takes zero extra time. So here's some of the things they bring up. Start by finding a chunk of time when it's easy to breathe through your nose. Identify three things that you do in your day no matter what. And then whether you're doing the dishes, checking the mail, making breakfast, or driving, make a conscious effort to practice breathing through your nose. If you find you're having a hard time remembering to nasal breathe, try setting a reminder on your phone that will prompt you a few times a day. Is there anyone in your life you need to listen to more? Your kids, your employees, your spouse? Active listening skills are in short supply in the world, and we can all do better in this regard. Here's an opportunity to kill two birds with one stone. Make it a point to do more listening and less talking. And of course, while you're not talking, breathe through your nose. After you master the daytime nasal breathing, it's time to try it at night. If you're someone who snores or wakes up with a dry mouth and clogged sinuses, you probably need more assistance. Might we suggest taping your mouth shut? This may seem crazy, but it's as simple as putting some soft tape horizontally on your lips or vertically, whatever works for you. Uh, mouth taping is a great is great for people who persistently mouth breathe because it ensures seven to eight solid hours of nose breathing without much work. As we know, the more you breathe through your nose, the more you are toning your soft tissue and increasing your CO2 capacity. Think about is passively training yourself to breathe the way nature intended. So those are just a couple of ways to help increase your breathing, to help you gain more oxygen and have more tolerance for CO2. And also when you breathe through your nose, not as much bacteria goes into your mouth. It could help with bad breath and things like that. And for um, taping your mouth, like I said, you can do it horizontally. You can do it vertically, whatever works best for you. Definitely look at Leah Party's Instagram for that. And I highly recommend because she has a lot of interesting facts about that. So breathe through your nose. All right. The next thing that helps you with your wellness is sleeping. Oh my goodness, you guys. Sleep, 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 sleep. It is so important to sleep. Now, I know a lot of us actually think, oh, we should get eight hours of sleep every night and that's the, you know, average amount of time to get a good amount of rest. And eight's kind of in the middle. The actual answer from the National Sleep Foundation from this book is seven to nine hours for the average adult, All right? So seven to nine hours of sleep you should get. So that gives you a little bit of leeway, okay? And what's also more important about how much sleep you get, right, is making sure you have a really important sleep routine to get you into that deep, deep sleep, right? Because remember, guys, in your deep, deep sleep, that's where your body fixes, repairs, rejuvenates itself. While you're sleeping, your body's doing a whole lot of work, let me tell you. And so in order for your body to naturally repair itself through the night, you got to get into that deep, deep sleep, right? And what's important is creating a very important nighttime routine. Number one, do not have caffeine late at night, right? I usually stop having coffee. I mean, I used to have like two cups of coffee a day. That was not great for my anxiety. I have switched to one coffee a day, which is fine. You have coffee in the morning, great. But you should not have coffee like beyond 1 or 2 p.m. 
That's like the last time you should have a coffee intake, even decaf. Be, decaf can be a little a little uh, sneaky, especially if you are heavily um, sensitive to caffeine. Even decaf might be a little bit too much. You kind of have to play with that yourself. But do not have caffeine past like 2 p.m. Do not because that's going to mess up your rhythm right of falling asleep with melan- melatonin kind of releasing itself getting you ready for bed right no caffeine all right also make sure you don't eat too late of a dinner okay digestion is your body working right so if you can try your best in your daily habits if like let's say you actually fall asleep between maybe like 9 and 11 p.m. give or take right? You should be having dinner perhaps between like five and six, right? And that's when most people do have their dinner. So your body has a chance to like actually digest it. Okay. Another thing you can do with your nightly routine, no phones. I know how hard that is and how many times we've heard it before. No, no phones. We're not doing it. Okay. I've even gotten better at it because actually Nate's been really on top of this for us is because what people always want to do, they want to sleep with the TV on or they want to fall asleep with their phone in their hand, scrolling through TikTok. Hey, I am guilty as charged. I've done that many times. And Nate's actually come into the room with me passed out in the bed with like my phone in my hand and a TikTok just going over and over and over again. Do not, do not fall asleep with your phone in your hand and let's not be on our phones as we're trying to actually fall asleep right it's so crucial because the blue light coming from our phones is actually like stimulating our brains meanwhile our brains want to fall asleep right so i know that could be difficult because oh like my phone is my alarm that's okay you can have your phone next to you on your nightstand and lock the screen and then go to sleep. That Nothing's wrong with that. Or if that's too much of a temptation for you, people actually get other alarm clocks. I mean, remember there was a time before smartphones that were your alarm clock and you actually had an alarm clock? Remember those days, guys? So if that's even too much for you, go get an actual alarm clock and maybe put your phone in another room. There's no need to be scrolling on TikTok, scrolling on Instagram, checking your emails before you go to bed. Okay. Huge. And you have to make sure this is a habit. Okay. You have to have a nightly routine habit. So your, your body gets used to, oh, we're doing this activity up. That means we're getting ready for bed. So I always make sure, at least for me, this is my own personal thing that I do is Nate and I, we leave the living room, we turn off the TV, we make sure the kitchen is all clean. We like falling asleep to a clean kitchen. That's just us, but right. A clean space. And then what we do is we get into our PJs and we both wash our faces. We moisturize and we brush our teeth. Okay. After we both do that, we close the door of our bedroom and we lay down. Okay. We might be on our phones for like a little, like, I'm not gonna lie. We it's, it's hit or miss. Sometimes we're really trying to work on it. And then Nate literally goes, all right, it's time to go to sleep. Put our phones away. And I'm like, all right, put the phone away, lock the screen, turn off the lights. It's really important to, um, to get a right, nice, deep sleep, have blackout curtains, close your blinds right? So you're in darkness. Let's think about it from a primal point of view. Hunters and gatherers, right? Our ancestors, they did not have light (laughs) when it was dark. They had maybe 
fire going and things like that. But most of the time they put that fire out. So they're sleeping in complete darkness. Your body knows if I'm in complete darkness, right, it's time to fall asleep and recharge myself. So make sure it's I and I used to do this all the time. I used to sleep with the TV on and I would fall asleep with the TV on because I thought like I can't fall asleep without the TV. That's a narrative. That's a story you're telling yourself because that's just been such an ingrained habit in your life. I do not do that anymore. I do not fall asleep with the TV on. Okay. Nay and I do it from time to time, but we're really, it's a conscious effort for us not to be doing that. So no TV, you should be in pure darkness, blackout curtains, all of those great things. It's also crucial to try your best to wake up at the same time every single day. Now, I know that could be hard because maybe during the weekdays you you get up super early and you want to sleep in on the weekends. That's fair. But maybe make it like a two-hour difference. Like, for example, for me, I would wake up for work at like 5.20 and on the weekends I get up at like 7.30, right? So it's not that intense of, you know a gap between when I'm falling asleep and when I'm waking up, right? Your body gets in tune with that. Cause even now during the summer, like I'm still tired at like 9 PM, even though I'm not going to work anymore. So because my body is in the habit of, Oh, it's a, it's 9 PM. Okay. That means that it's time to start getting ready for bed. Okay. Now you're morning and night routine is crucial together. So for the morning, okay, and I'm guilty of this too, and I'm trying my best to really wake up and feel refreshed before you go for that coffee. Okay. Drink water. That's going to help with you waking up and feeling refreshed because you wake up dehydrated. You just slept for seven to nine hours. I'm drinking water right now. Because what do we always want to do when we get up? We want to get up and then we grab our coffee and coffee dehydrates us, right? So make sure before you drink your coffee, drink water, drink water, drink water. And if you can, try and move your body first thing in the morning. That really helps get your circadian rhythm, right? Which is that rhythm for our 24 hour system of us getting up and falling asleep, okay? Our circadian rhythm. So that really helps us in that way. So make sure that you wake up, drink water, try your best to (laughs) move your body first thing. And that can even just be even if it's your commute, you know, you don't have to necessarily go work out first thing in the morning. Okay. Also, it's really important in the morning, get that morning sun. If you can take your coffee outside, right? And I'm just grabbing these major takeaways like right from the book. So if you can drink your coffee, go outside and get some vitamin D in the morning. It helps us wake up. Go into nature if you can in the morning. Nature is a huge healing. We've known that. Okay. And it doesn't have to be perfect this morning routine or your night routine. Okay. There might be some mornings where you may not be able to get moving, but you're able to get sun. Okay. So try your best in your morning routines to drink water, get some morning sunlight, move that body and moving that body. Like I said, it could be your commute. You don't have to go do a full on workout or you can do a nice hawk or a walk in the morning. You can even do a hawk or a walk in the evening to kind of wind down yourself. Right. 
And even in the book, it's said for your nighttime routine, working out too late at night, like we're talking like 8 p.m., 9 p.m. kind of vibes, that also kind of messes with your sleep system because you're still like on that dopamine high of like working out, right? So when you do your workouts, if it's after work, right, try and not make it too late at night if it's really intense, like heavy lifting and things like that. Okay. So make sure you do that in the best ways that you can, because working out is actually very good for your sleep. Okay. But you don't want to work out too late, but exercising is really good to help you fall asleep. No matter what, you know, if you work out more in the morning or like the afternoon and things like that, working out helps you sleep better. And I even notice that too. Like if I don't work out that day, I, it's, it's like harder for me to fall asleep because you didn't exert so much energy. All right. So again, with sleep training and things like that, okay, make sure you don't have coffee too late. Make sure you have a nice routine. Sleep in the dark to really get into that deep sleep. Okay. And have a nice routine that you actually look forward to having. Okay. The next major habit is eating real food. Now this is, it's really difficult. It's really hard because we're always told like a billion different things, right? About what's good for us, what's not good for us, so on and so forth. I love the way this book put it into such an easy thing. Now, how do I know it's real food, right? It's having whole foods. Okay. And again, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm just like quoting what they're saying. If you're more, if you're interested in finding out more things, definitely follow a nutritionist, listen to their podcast and things like that, or their YouTube channel. And also to put into, as I'm talking about this for a nutritionist is it's really cool. First form has an app, which I've been using, which has been super helpful to help me track my protein intake, my carbs and things like that. I'm just on my own fitness journey, but with the first form app, okay, you're able to interact with a real nutritionist and coach on your fitness journey. So if you're like, I have no idea where to even start the first form app, you download it on your phone. It's free to download. And then it's $12.99 per month to interact with a nutritionist coach and you get um, workouts. So if you're also like, oh, I don't even know, you know, what to even do for a workout. I have no idea with nutrition. The first form app is like amazing for that. And you work one-on-one with a first form coach and they're there to help you. Because I know that area can be really confusing for a lot of us. So if you're interested in that, I'm going to link um, the app in the show notes if you're interested in taking a look at that. But a simple way um, this chapter put it, and it was my major takeaway, is how do I know if I'm eating real whole food, right? Again, we know we know the basics, no processed sugar. Try your best not to have like anything that's like it has a lot of preservatives in it. We, we know all that stuff. And so I'm like, okay, if I'm going food shopping, how do, how do I know? How do you know? Because I'm not reading the labels on everything I buy, right? That, that's, that could be very overwhelming. So what they said to do, which I loved, is when you're going food shopping, shop the parameter of the store. So that means all the outside spaces. So that means the produce, right? The meat, okay? 
the um, dairy section with the cheese, the yogurt, the milk, right? All that stuff. Okay. That's the perimeter of the grocery store. All the middle aisles where all the chips are, where all the candy is, right? With all the granola and like all that stuff um, and the soda um, and all just basically foods with all these extra sugars and preservatives and the crackers and like all that stuff. You got to be more careful, more aware, maybe read those labels more, right? But if you shop the parameter of the store, that's where your whole foods are. So when Nate and I go food shopping, we really try our best. We always start with the produce. We got all of our produce for the week. And then we move to the back of the store. We do stop and shop. Love stop and shop. Um, not an ad though, but love stop and shop. And then we go to the meat, which is towards like the back of the store. And then we also go to called the dairy aisle, right? Where it's the eggs, the milk, um, the yogurt, the cheese, and things like that. Where the bread is too. Be careful though with the bread, right? Bread could have a lot of additives that we have no idea about, right? And again, I'm I'm still struggling with that too. So the first floor map has been kind of helping me in that way. Okay, so if you need kind of a start of, oh, I don't even know where to start with eating whole food. Okay, parameter, right? Stick to the outside, (laughs) the outside aisles of the grocery store. Hey, Growth Mindset Gang, have you been struggling with finding the right health and wellness products to help you with your fitness goals because I've been struggling with it lately. I have been looking for ways that I can grow muscle. I've been looking for ways to endure longer workouts, especially after a long day of work. And my true goal for my fitness journey is to just become stronger and be able to survive. the end of the day workout and I have found a fantastic health and wellness nutrition brand first form first form has such amazing products that really can help us on an individual level with our health and fitness goals some of my favorites that I've been trying out is the level one protein caramel latte let me tell you guys it tastes amazing and level one protein has helped me stay fuller longer I've been putting it in my coffee in the morning because some days I wake up and I'm just not hungry right away and unfortunately I have coffee and we all know having coffee on an empty stomach ain't it so I started putting protein in my coffee to help fill me up so that way I don't get that anxiety crash midday if I'm just having coffee at first. And also I've been putting in my coffee the amazing salted caramel collagen powder. Oh my God, you guys. It tastes, first of all, also tastes amazing. And I can even tell the difference between my hair, skin, and nails. My skin has definitely looked clear my hair I've been seeing it in some mirrors and I'm like wow she's shiny and also my nails haven't been breaking you know as frequently as they do between the two weeks that I get them done it's been helping me so much I've also been using the pre-workout pink lemonade and this has been really helping me get through those after work workouts I work from 4 to 5 p.m and let me tell you 
before this pre-workout, I would be struggling after a strength session and walking on the treadmill. I would be screaming. But now, after I'm done with my strength workout, I am still pumped to get on that treadmill and last the entire hour of my workout. And also, it tastes really good. And I've never used pre-workout before, so I was a little nervous if it's it's gonna make me anxious and things like that. But this pre-workout has helped me so much with good long-lasting energy in a workout that doesn't carry on beyond the gym. It's not like I can't fall asleep at night. So these products have been very inviting and very easy to use where I've always been a little bit timid of going into protein powders and pre-workout because usually when I see them, they're kind of intimidating to look at. But First Form is such a wonderful brand. They also have vegan options as well for protein powders, collagen, pre-workout, so on and so forth. And last but not least, I'm also in love with their protein bars, the chocolate chip cookie dough. Fan favorite of the house, Nate and I love those protein bars. We put in our bags in the morning and that's our little snack right before we work out so that way because you know that after work workout we are starving so having that protein bar right before the workout helps me sustain my energy and help with my muscle growth because those are the goals so if you are interested in exploring these products to improve your fitness journey, the links are in my show notes. And also feel free to DM me on Instagram at the Growth Mindset Gal for any questions that you may have on different types of products. Absolutely love, highly recommend. Okay, the next habit is movement, which I love. And again, with the food, I was a little bit more short with because again, I'm not a nutritionist and I want you guys to really, you know, link up with an actual nutritionist to help you on that journey if that's a lot because I'm still even figuring out. The next chapter though talks about just do it, which they cross it off (laughs) and it's just move it, okay? Move in any way you possibly can in your everyday routine. Okay. And movement can be anything. It doesn't have to be going to the gym for an hour. Okay. It's just any way your body is moving. So that even could be going for walks. That could be doing chores and cleaning up your apartment or your house, your space, right? I get a lot of steps in when I'm putting away my laundry, when I'm cleaning the kitchen, when I'm vacuuming. That's movement. That is still movement. Um, They highly recommend if you always can, they love this rule which is so fun. They said, if it's less than five flights of stairs, take the stairs. If your body is able to do it, if it's five flights of stairs or less, you take the stairs. Six or more, elevator, escalator, fine. But try your best to take the stairs. Okay. They said, get your steps in as many steps as you can. I know a lot of people say it's the 10K, but then if it's 7K, that's still okay right? And be consistent with your movement. Be consistent because here's the thing. Some days you're not going to feel motivated to move your body. I've been there. What trumps motivation is consistency. I know every day I need to get my movement in. So when I was working in the city, my commute was movement. Going up the stairs to, to catch the train. I would take a 20 minute walk home from the school to the train station. Now there was a subway that I could take because I take it in the morning, which is like two stops. But I would take that 20 minute walk every day after work. And that was about like a mile, give or take. Um, So I got my steps in with that. Okay. And 
I had my own workout where I worked out between three to four times a week. That's kind of where I'm at. And it's been great to know like, okay, on these, these are the days that I work out during the week. So for example, I came home later on Mondays and Tuesdays. So I knew Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays, I would work out. And then one of the days on the weekends, I would work out whether it's Saturday or Sunday, depending on what the plans were. And I worked out the same time every single day on, on the weekdays I worked out. It was from four to five was the, um, the time range on the weekends though. I like to go in the morning in the summertime. I like to go in the mornings or mid afternoons and stuff like that. But I know I'm going to the gym that is within my habit. I have my movement and the days where I'm not at the gym. Sometimes Nate and I go for bike rides. There's a bike trail near us. There's always the hot girl walks that you can go. There's hikes that you can go on, right? It's not always like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym. There's other things you could do. And now you can do, if you don't like going to the gym, that's fine. There's at-home workout apps. Like I use, again, not an ad, but the um, FitOn app, it's free. And that's where I get all of my exercises from. So I go into the gym, I open up the app. I'm like, okay, what am I doing today? And for me, I set it up with... um, you know, one day is full body, one day is just upper body, one day is lower body, and then rinse, recycle, repeat. Okay. So it, that way it's been helping me stay consistent. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And also on the first form app, they have at home and in the gym workout options. So if you sign up for the app and you get a coach, it helps you. It gives you every day a workout that you can do to keep you consistent, keep you accountable, and stuff like that. What's also super important with movement is the exercise. Like they say in the book, it's really great. The exercise you're doing, the movement you're doing should bring you joy, right? You shouldn't dread going to do the movement, right? And it doesn't always have to be this intense workout all the time, okay? It can be low impact, right? You can be doing Pilates. You could be walking. You could be doing yoga right? You could be doing strength training, but perhaps it's low impact where there's not a lot of, you know, high intensity training, right? You don't have to necessarily always run on the treadmill. You can incline walk. Like that's what I do. Okay. So make sure the workout or whatever movement that you're doing, you enjoy it and going on bike rides, going on hikes, right? Being in nature, which is phenomenal and listen to your body. So don't drive yourself crazy with this movement, right? If you are not feeling well, if you are exhausted, listen to your body. It's okay if you don't do movement every single day of your life. You need that rest day to relax, okay? And let's say maybe you're just a little bit tired, but you don't want to go to the gym, but you still want to get movement. It's called active rest, right? So instead of going to the gym and doing a strength workout, you can go for a walk around your neighborhood if you still want that, you know, little activeness in your day. And being active in small ways is very crucial, especially for people who work at, you know, jobs where you're sitting at a desk all day and you're looking at a computer, right? It's, it could be very draining on your body. So, and you're sitting all day, sitting all day is not, it's not good for us. We're not meant to do that. So, and that's why you come home from your job of being in a cubicle all day and you're exhausted because our bodies are not meant to do that. So make sure that you find time in your day to get that movement in. But 
listen to your body, make sure you're not overexerting yourself. Okay. And there's so many things you could do with walking, which I think is so important. Everyone forgets like the biggest thing we have is walking. (laughs) So they even recommend walking in the woods. Walking in the woods is so great for your immunity, your blood pressure, because we're that's so natural to us to walk in the woods or walking on the beach, right? Walking in nature is so healing for us, right? If you live in a city, man, you're, you got your steps, <laughs> right? Walking in the city is still great, right? Getting your steps in, exploring your neighborhood that you're around is still really great. So don't think, oh, I can't, you know, as have as much of healing as walks because I live in the city. You're doing just fine. Okay. Doing just fine with it. Okay. The next, the next chapter is all about stress and well-being. So how to manage your stress. Okay. There are so many coping mechanisms to manage your stress. And again, it's really important to realize stress is it's not what's happening it's how you're reacting to what's happening right to always keep that in mind so yes you can be sitting in traffic taking a sip of my water stay hydrated yes you could be sitting in traffic and yeah that's no fun right we don't like sitting in traffic but instead of getting so stressed out about it You can use that time to listen to a great playlist that makes you in a good mood, a podcast, hey, or listen to an audio book, right? So it's, life can be stressful. I'm not, I'm not doubting that, right? But how do we cope with that stress? How do we do that? So one of the big things that they talked about in this chapter, which I found really interesting, was the cold plunge right? Where you see people do it on social media all the time. They jump in freezing cold water like the ocean, or they literally put ice (laughs) in, you know, a tub and they jump in and they go in it for a few minutes and then they get out. Apparently, I had no idea about this, but that's actually really good for you. As terrifying as as that is, (laughs) it's actually really good for you. And I actually did it a few times when I um played volleyball in college they recommended you know after a practice or after a workout you sit in the ice to really help your body recuperate so being in the extremes helps to heal your body so for example if you're in the cold plunge or maybe you sit in the sauna which is really good for you too i know a lot of people um who use the sauna um i think it was at like la fitness has a sauna and things like that Again, not an ad for LA Fitness, but I I went to that gym um, for like a year. And you know what's so funny? I never used the sauna. (laughs) Now I'm reading this book. I was like, ah, I should have used the sauna um, when I had it. And because it's really important to use those elements to calm yourself. Because when you're in super, I mean, this is not new information for you guys, but when we're stressed and we're constantly in that fight or flight mode, it's so deteriorating because we're not meant to be in that phase, that state of mind for prolonged periods of time. Okay. So even straight from the book, they say when the body goes into fight or flight mode is prepared for a fight and likewise is prepared to get hurt. It has been shown that mild stress can mobilize a constellation of immune cells, 
monocytes, neurophils, and lymphomites probably botched that, but <laughs> we're, got, we're, we're reading here, that begin circulating in the blood, ready to help shore up any damage to come. Since cold water triggers this sympathetic nervous system response, it makes sense that hormetric stress could help strengthen your immune system. A recent study in the Netherlands, over 3,000 people backed this up, showing the power of cold showers to trigger a protective immune response compared to the control group that took warm showers. So if you're not interested in the cold plunge, that's fine. I totally get that. But to really help with your immune support, okay, to get you out of that fight or flight, cold showers. It's also, I've seen it all over um, social media recently, cold showers. That's where it's at. Now, you don't have to be in the cold shower the whole time you're in the shower. But if you're taking the shower and then the last few minutes, you do the cold splurge, if you will, that really helps you. It sets your mind right. Okay. And it brings up your immune system as well. Okay. So it has a lot of really good you know, rewards that everyone's like, oh, I would hate taking a cold shower. Yeah, it's not fun, but it's actually really good for you as a stress response. Because what happens, like it said, cold showers actually implement the sympathetic nervous system. Okay, so it helps to just, you know, reduce your stress. Okay, so, you know, give it a go, sit in a sauna for, you know, a couple minutes. I can't really last too long in saunas. They kind of, <laughs> they kind of do a little bit anxiety inducing. I like went a sauna like once or twice and it got really hot in there and it kind of freaks me out. <laughs> so like, you know, it's whatever. I'm just sharing these things with you to see if they work for you. Okay, so again, cold showers, the cold plunge. Okay, things like that. Here's something they say about saunas. I want to bring this up because we were talking about it. Some of you may be scratching your heads about why we chose cold therapy, not hot therapy. So this is interesting. If you reasoned that hot temperatures like cold temperatures can trigger hormetric stress in the body, you're right. There's emerging science around the cardiovascular benefits of consistent sauna use, something that Scandinavians have been engaging in for ages. So why didn't we recommend it in this chapter? If you remember from the introduction to the book, we made a pledge not to recommend or go too deeply into a practice inaccessible to most people, right? So a sauna is great, but like we said, not everyone has access to a sauna, but if you do, you can use it. And more people have access to cold water, such as, you know, oceans and cold showers and things like that. So it may be science backed and it may help your well-being, but if most of us can access the sauna, what's the point? So again, you can do a hot bath instead if you don't have a sauna, but saunas are also good too if you've used that before to help you cope with stress. Okay, so now we're going into the next chapter. All right. And it's called Regenerate. Now, Regenerate is all about helping the environment as well because you need to make sure that we take care of our environment. And I always found it so beautiful and interesting when 
um, I teach my students about Native Americans, because again, I teach social studies, I always say to them that they were so heavily connected with nature. They understood that if we take care of the land, the land's going to take care of us. Because especially during that time period, everything we get is from nature. I can't like emphasize that enough. Everything we get is from nature. Even to this day, we don't even realize it, but we do. So it's very important to, in any way that you can, help the environment because the environment affects our health as well and our well being as well. So it could be as small as recycling, right? Even as small, because that's a big impact. Like once I moved in with Nate, all about recycling, right? That's kind of his domain. He does it. So, <laughs> but I've learned, you know, why, to, obviously, how to recycle, why to recycle, all of those things. Okay. So it could be even as small as recycling your stuff. It could be even as small as if you see trash like on the sidewalk, put it in a trash can. Like Nate does that all the time. Like he will find, like in a parking lot, he'll find trash and he'll put it in the trash can. Simple small things that can leave an impact. Okay. And also make sure that the um, products that you're using are BPA free. We see that all the time. Like even on my water bottle, I have a refillable water bottle and it's BPA free, right? It's very important for that not to be in there, right? Drinking from plastic water bottles is not that great and even not really that great for the environment. So if you can have a refillable water bottle like even in our own house it's so funny we have some like glass cups but we realize like when people come over we don't have enough cups because Nate and I just drink <laughs> out of like refillable water bottles all the time so just be mindful of your consumption of plastic right recycle all of those good things right also make sure that any brands that you're using are environmentally friendly if you can, if you try your best, like for example, um, I use Arbonne for my skin and my hair and that brand is vegan. It's a B Corp certified corporation. So that means they obviously have healthy ways of creating their products. It's vegan, all that great stuff. And also when you use their products, all the containers, so the packaging that they come in and then the containers that they're in, it's all recyclable. So when I'm done using my skincare, I ran out of it, I can recycle it, which I think is fantastic. So be mindful of the products that you're using. Make sure that they are, you know, environmentally friendly. That's a, that's another small thing that you can do. Also make sure that the uh, products that you're using don't exploit um, animals and don't exploit labor of people and, and all of those things. It's a lot of think. It's a lot to think about. But again, if we take care of nature, nature takes care of us. Okay. Try your best also to cut down on food waste. I've been a culprit of this. So make sure that when you are making meals and things like that, try your best to not waste food. Um, if you go to a restaurant, try your best maybe to always take a to-go box and eat it the next day. And so that way you don't waste um, a lot of food. Okay. And 
a big one is clothing waste, which I didn't even think of, where they recommend buy less fast fashion. So when you're buying clothes, buy clothes that are going to last you a few seasons, right? Buy staple pieces. I see this all the time on TikTok where it's like that minimalist, um, you know, type of style where you have like really a few good like statement pieces that you can make multiple outfits of, right? Also, um, shop secondhand, they call it. That's like when you go to thrift stores and you, you know, buy, you know, clothes and you kind of, you know, fix them up a little bit, make them your own, things like that. Um, buy more high quality clothing so that it's going to last you multiple seasons. I was a big culprit of this because I would always buy clothes because I'm like, oh, like I'll spend, I don't like spending a lot of money on clothes because I change them every season anyway. So I'd buy really cheap clothing. And now I'm realizing, oh, I'm actually doing the opposite, you know, meaning maybe spend some money on clothes that are really great and that are going to last a few seasons so I don't have to keep buying clothes over and over again. Okay. So, and like they said, read the labels, like I mentioned before, if you can buy organic fragrance free or safe fragrance, paraben free, phthalate free, avoid if possible products in the plastic jar or bottle project, um, bleh products that say antibacterial and many kinds of air fresheners. They're full of felophates. So this has been a huge thing for me. I used to be, you know, big on buying like this, the, you know, like they said, what is it? The air fresheners and things like that. And then I realized there's actually a lot of chemicals in those. So I've definitely cut back from that. Also be careful with your candles. Something to think about too, because I'm, I'm a candle lover. So be careful too with your candles. Okay. Next is in it together. The such a great thing for our well-being is having a beautiful, supportive community, which we're building here with the Growth Mindset Gang. Love you guys. Okay. Having a support system is everything for us. We as humans from the get-go, we don't survive well on our own. We're not good isolated. We're not meant to be like that. We are meant to be in groups, in the community. Okay. It's so good for your health. And you know when it's bad for your health. When you feel isolated, when you feel lonely, it really actually affects your well-being. It's so important to understand the importance of social connection. So I actually want to read something from the book. So they said, looking back on 2020, it's safe to say that at times it felt like we were all living through an unhinged, unintentional and tragic social experiment. One taught us a lot about ourselves, our government, and perhaps the most striking of all, how much we need each other. In order to stay clear of COVID-19, many people were forced and chose to isolate and social distance. Worse like quarantine became part of our everyday vocabulary. Much of this was necessary to keep people safe, but there is no arguing that it had some serious negative downstream effects. For well over a year, we were at varying points of lockdown, maintaining physical distance, unable to travel to see family, and enduring deep feelings of loneliness. The effect of all this was catastrophic to the health and happiness of millions of people. At the time of this writing, over a million people have died from COVID-19 and many thousands more died or were harmed from the radical shift in our world that accompanied the virus. While not everyone has trauma with a capital T, we've all got plenty of scar tissue from the years of trauma with a lowercase t. And we don't yet know the full extent of the harm. In 2021, the American Psychological Association reported that at the beginning of the pandemic, 13% of Americans turned to 
alcohol or drugs as a way of maintaining their feelings about the pandemic. Some started using while others up their usage. William Stoops, a professor of behavioral sciences at the University of Kentucky, is quoted saying, there's a sort of perfect storm of factors that we know increase drug use. People are more stressed and isolated, so they make unhealthy decisions, including drinking more and taking drugs. I mean, it's it's crazy how the down, like they said, the negative downstream effects that go when we feel very isolated. Social isolation both causes the exacerbated stress with fewer support systems available to help people cope during the pandemic. It's no wonder self-medicating spiraled out of control. So having connection is insanely important because think about it, right? When the pandemic happened and that was stressful enough, And then being isolated and not being able to go see certain family members, it it took such a toll on our mental health, but then also took a toll on our physical health. Being surrounded by people that love you is how we grow into even more wonderful people. So make sure that the people you surround yourself with are uplifting, right? And they help you become a better person, okay? And make sure that when you're around them and the person you are around them is is such a better person, okay? So sometimes you may have to take a pause in your life and be like, okay, let me do a little friendship, you know, pause and take some intel. Are these people serving me? Are these friendships serving me? Are they making me a better person? Are they a great support system? Right? Take into account all of those things. Okay. If you're feeling isolated and or you move to a new town, things like that. Um, even Natasha Sattler talked about this in last week's episode, where if you have trouble finding friends, like go where the people are, right? Even in the book, they said, you know, join clubs that are in your neighborhood. They even made a joke of saying like, join a cold water swimming club, join a hiking club, join cooking classes, right? Maybe you go to a gym and you take classes. You know, there's maybe a Pilates class because you enjoy Pilates. You meet people through that. Find ways to meet people where people are, right? Because we are social beings and being connected to people and being a part of something is everything to us. And last but not least, they have a chapter called Something Bigger. And they really brought up a great point. There's actually a part of our brain. So cool when I read this. There's actually a part of your brain that's meant to have a spiritual faith of something bigger connection. It's so important in your life to have spirituality, whatever it may be, whether you believe in source, God, the universe, your team of light, guardian angels, whatever you believe in, it's great. You're supposed to have a connection naturally in your brain for something bigger. 
and understanding that you're a part of something bigger. So having spirituality and connectedness in that way, and also understanding that you have a purpose. That is everything for your well-being is knowing and feeling that you have a purpose. Okay. So I want to read you something from there real quick. What we talk about when we talk about purpose. Here's our society's working definition of purpose. It's what drives you to be the best you can to be at your job. It's what helps you spend decades climbing the corporate ladder or launching a company. It what keeps your eyes on the prize as you claw your way to achieving fame, pleasure, money, power, or admiration. Purpose can be highly impacted by culture and circumstance. For instance, over the past few years, the pandemic has caused many of us to realign with our purpose and priorities. From the great resignation to quiet quitting to all the folks who have relocated based on quality of life, people are reevaluating what they're striving for. Everyone has something that drives them to do things that they do every day and make choices that they make. One person's purpose in life might center on making enough money to be financially comfortable so they get a job at Wall Street. Another person's purpose might be to gain the respect and admiration of their peers so they wrestle their way to the top of the academic ladder. For others, it might be to live in pursuit of different experiences as a digital nomad, traveling the world, eating delicious food, meeting interesting people. Okay? There is nothing wrong with any of these life paths per se. The problem lies in centering purpose on any one pursuit or identity, particularly if all these pursuits fall into categories. Okay. So your purpose, right? Remember is how can you serve? What is your purpose to help people? Okay. So your everyone always says your purpose is something about you exactly it's not about you it's about what you can contribute to your community however big or small it may be that you enjoy doing so with that something bigger make sure that you feel spiritually connected to whatever you believe in and make sure that your purpose is something fulfilling to you and gives you joy and even better that it helps others and you got to do, it's okay. You got to do a lot of soul searching to find your purpose. It's okay if you don't know right now. But that's what life's for. It's figuring out what you enjoy doing and use what you enjoy doing to also help other people. And that leads to a very fulfilling life. So those were the major takeaways of the joy of well-being. And again, just to remind us, it was breathe through your nose, okay? Have a good amount of sleep, have the morning and nighttime routine so you get vital, important seven to nine hours of deep rest, okay? Eat whole foods, that perimeter of the grocery store, all right? Then also for stress, right? Make sure you have an important coping mechanism to help you with your stress because stress takes down your immune system and hires your blood pressure. So if you want to use the code therapy um, and taking cold showers, that can be an option for you. Regenerate. So take care of this environment. So the environment is there to take care of us and always connect. There's something bigger. It's not just about you. It's not just about you. It's about your faith, your spirituality, and your connection to the something bigger, the collective of you having a purpose that helps you live a fulfilling life and also serves others. 
Growth Mindset Gang, I have an amazing offer to share with you. I have recently created a mindset coaching program. Now, if you're listening and you struggle with imposter syndrome, people-pleasing, overthinking, needing external validation, low self-esteem, indecisiveness, perfectionism, fear of failure, or lack of confidence, this coaching program can be aligned and serve you. With this coaching program, you would sign up with me for three months to receive one-on-one coaching via Zoom. We would meet either weekly or bi-weekly for 45 minutes to about an hour and really get clear on your mindset journey and what's the woman or who's the woman you want to become. Along with the weekly or bi-weekly Zoom calls with me, you would have a daily accountability messaging with me via Slack. So I do my daily check-ins with you and see how you're doing with your progress in between our sessions. You will also have access to the resource library that I will create where I will give you journal prompts. I will give you weekly self-reflection templates. I'll give you even book recommendations or we do a little mini book club together with a self-development book. Also, I'm going to be creating a Facebook group to also grow a community in this mindset coaching program. And if this feels aligned with you, you can also receive a huge investment discount if you are the first three to sign up with the three-month coaching program. If you are interested in this coaching program, you feel aligned, or you just want to talk to me and test it out and see if it works for you, you can click the link in my show notes to fill out a Google form to share with me what you want to work on and who's the woman that you want to become. How do you want to grow your mindset and fulfill and improve your mindset journey? And I will contact you. We hop on a discovery call for an hour and we talk about what are you struggling with right now? right? Where do you want to see yourself in three months? And I create a unique program just for you. And I'm here to be your coach, your supporter, and help you in your journey. So if this sounds amazing with you, or you just want to see and test it out, fill out that form. And when you fill it out, I'll contact you right away and help create a wonderful program to create your most authentic self. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, these were just my major takeaways. It was quick summaries of the things that I learned throughout this book, little snippets of actual reading from the book. And if it speaks to you, I'm going to be linking it in the show notes. It was our July book club, but hey, you can read this whenever. It's such a great book that really helped me see that well-being is something that's it's a very conscious decision, Right. And it's really important in order to take care of ourselves, we can't live in autopilot. We can't just go with the motions and just, you know, do the bare minimum in life. Because if you do the bare minimum in life, you're going to be living a very bare minimum life. Okay. So if you want to live a long, fulfilling, joyful life, you need to create long, sustaining, intentional habits that really help your well-being. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure to rate and subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow me and rate me on Spotify. Share this on your story and tag me in it. Let me know your major takeaways. Share this with someone who needs it. And remember, grow your mindset and look how far you'll go. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.
of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network.